welcome to the West of North London podcast. My name is Caleb. I'm Tim. And uh, we're two guys far, far west of North London, and uh, this is our Arsenal podcast that we're just kicking off. And uh, we, uh, we're longtime fans that just, we were going to talk about this stuff anyway, so now we're just going to make you guys listen to us. Um, so, Tim, you know, how long have you been following this team? Uh, well, I've been following Arsenal since about the mid-90s. Uh, a long time ago, is uh, before you could uh, easily watch uh, the games on TV. I had a long history of learning how to uh, stream illegally uh, Arsenal and getting <laughs> early internet results. Um, I started actually following Arsenal because my brother was an exchange student in England, and he was picking a Premier League team to follow, and he had a roommate who he absolutely hated, despised this roommate, and he was a Tottenham fan, so he decided to choose <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal. And uh, being the younger brother, I followed his lead, and that's how I uh, got following Arsenal. I like it. It's, it's, a, it's something built out of spite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the root of all good things. Um, yeah, I, it, for me, it's been... How long? You said that was like the 90s for yeah, you? Mid-90s, yeah, mid-90s, yeah. I, I was a little bit later to the game, but I, I started in... Uh, 06 was a big soccer year for, for me. My, <laughs> my roommate uh, at the time was really, he was my Sherpa when it came to figuring out this, this soccer sport. And uh, it was a World Cup year, yeah. so that helped drive things. Um, but uh, when I was catching Premier League games back on Fox Soccer, when it was carrying the Premier League, that was the, uh, you know, being able to see stuff on TV. Yeah. That was that was it. I wasn't. I didn't know all the ins and outs of streaming stuff back then, <laughs> and that was pretty new stuff anyway. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's uh, for me. It was like when I could catch games, Arsenal was on a lot more because they were yeah. coming off. You know, they were a couple years removed from their invincible season, so they were still a uh, pretty hot team at the time. They were in the Champions League. I think yeah. that was the year. It was a great year for in Champions League. They went to the final. I think that year. Yeah. Uh, Beat Real Madrid, Juventus. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, they were playing the big teams. So as far as Premier League teams, they were uh, attract, playing attractive football back then. They were it, it, That was the thing that really caught my eye compared to other teams mm. at the time. Um, they, you, it was smooth. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was something that was st- it stood out yeah. compared to other, other teams. You had players like Henri oh. who just stole the show for me mm. and it was really like the deciding factor that put me over the top yeah and you still had players like uh Bergkamp on the bench mm-hmm. <laughs> just great players yeah right here. and uh i think van percy was in at that time mm. uh theo wolcott got signed that year yeah uh <laughs> autobayor let's <laughs> uh, um, about that better yeah uh diavi was Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was there were some good names back in the day in that time, so it was definitely, uh, you know, it it stood out. And yeah. uh, my roommate was a Middlesbrough fan, oh. so that was not a not, not something I loved. <laughs> and let, you know that, that uh, you know does your roommate still follow Middlesbrough? He still follows them, but I oh. think uh, he's he's more on the Liverpool train these days. <laughs> so um, I don't know what that says, but. Yeah. Uh, not here to judge. <laughs> hey, it, you know, if you if you asked anybody today, they'd be like, "Why are you an Arsenal fan?" Because yeah. you look at the product that's on the field, Oof. and you're like, "Man, that's you're asking for some torture." Yeah. Um, but uh, if, if you've been watching them as long as we have, 
you know that there's something there. Yeah. There's something in the core of this team that uh, if we can dig it back out, yeah, if we can there. find a way to, uh, to resurface that, that sort of smooth soccer that we used to play, yeah. there, it's there. There was always something special about being an Arsenal fan. You weren't the Manus of the world. You weren't ever the, the rich, big club because you had the money to spend. You're the club that was built from the ground up, and yeah, yeah. And that that <laughs> that really defines the um, era of Arsenal that I really watched a lot of. Was right that the last year of of Highbury was the year I started oh, yeah. watching them. So then it was like right into the banter era and uh you know it's trying to save a buck here and there and there was some painful painful starting lineups for a few years there i like how you say were as if <laughs> well you know it's nice to have a few bright stars in the mix and uh there weren't too many to speak yeah. of uh that were willing to stick around very long um but that has definitely changed over the last few few seasons but uh maybe not to the effect that you would hope <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, that tells you why we're here. We're willing to suffer for the sport. (laughs) Our first, uh, question that we can talk about this week is, you know, Granite Xhaka. I know you had some opinions on <laughs> on his antics coming off the field. Um, you know, is he going to stick around for Arsenal or is he going to be gone? Is he done? You know, like I really thought he was going to be done after the the whole thing that happened just a few weeks ago. But I mean, I don't know if you read the the news today where he was interviewed in the Swiss press because he's off on international duty. And he has said that uh, he's willing to he's willing to play again for Arsenal is what he mm-hmm. said, in, and ready to go. Um, we all know that Emery loves him, so yes. Does he? If if Emery keeps with uh, a back three, does that help him or hurt him? Do you think? Whew, that's a good question. I mean, it's, there's two parter there, which is: Do you think Emery does stay with the back three? Mm-hmm. I mean, the next two opponents we have are. At the very bottom of the league, it's a uh, Norwich and uh, who is the other one? Uh, Southampton. Southampton, yes, is I think and, that's on the twenty third. Yeah, and if we play a back three or a back five, as it were, with against those teams, mm-hmm. I would be really disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, I th- I think that's um, that is a very conservative approach, and and it's been kind of thrown out by. Uh, by our last couple coaches, because Wenger did this at the end of his mm-hmm. tenure as well. Is it's it's an insecure mm-hmm. sort of feeling when you're putting out the back three, especially when you're away from or you're playing teams that are not supposed to be a huge challenge. And uh, it you know we know Emery likes a very conservative approach, and yeah. now he's doubling down on that, which isn't inspiring hope in anybody. I don't think. <laughs> And I, I, I kind of understand it when you're playing Leicester because I, I, I understand that we should be should be better than Leicester. But at this point in time, Leicester is high and flying. And so I can understand even taking a conservative approach. Mm-hmm. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily, but I can understand. But I would I, I, I can't even imagine how would I feel if I saw him put out a back 30 against the next two opponents. And so... <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, there's an argument to be made that... Uh, 
we don't necessarily look better. We look different. Yeah. Uh, which is not, not what you're, you know, you want to go into Leicester with a little bit of a strategy that says we're going to counteract something they're doing. Mm-hmm. And whether we hung in for the first half or not, it never looked like we were going to score. Yeah. And that's, I think that's why we have a low goal differential. It's why we tend to feel like we're playing on the back foot a lot. It's like you're playing just to hold the other team at bay. That yeah. doesn't get you a win because at some point somebody usually gives them that. And unless you're putting the other team, uh, you know, pushing them back towards goal or, you know, making them have to make quicker decisions, mm-hmm. you know, just absorbing their attack and hoping that they'll eventually give in, well, you're not pushing the ball forward. So yeah. what are they giving in to? You yeah. know, there's nothing there's nothing you're doing that's proactive or any anything mm-hmm. that's positive on that end of the field. They can just sit there and wait till you till you make a mistake, which as good as Arsenal are at passing at times, they are prone to making really stupid passing errors, especially yeah. in midfield where they should be controlling it with yeah. With a back three and a five five across the midfield, that should not be a place where you're giving the ball away. So uh, to, to turn your question back on you, where do you think Granite fits in a back five or a back three? Well, I'm trying to think if the, if I felt like at any point in the last game <laughs> was was I feeling like I was missing Jacques in the lineup, and not not really. No, I, I think um, I was surprised at you know. Louise was getting time on the ball a few times and he was dribbling into the midfield and it seemed like there wasn't anybody making the run. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying about just not being positive. Like you can shift yeah. the ball forward as a team and get into the midfield, but there doesn't seem to be anything getting into the final third. Mm-hmm. And we saw with the, the passing um, passing chart from that game, yeah. it's an empty hole in that yeah. box. and. With Louise, you have to have guys that are making that run. Yeah. He will look up and find you. He will look up and it's a surprise to me that Pepe didn't start because mm-hmm. that would have been a great outlet to him. And he, neither Lacazette nor Aubameyang were making that run. Yeah. And that should be their bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to that, which is, too, that like I think there was so much defensive duties on Aubameyang and Lacazette that they were kind of forced almost out wide to do their defensive duty, which helped to create that, like, <laughs> I don't know, Just, like, yeah, empty void. void. Yeah, but who, so you, you would think Pepe would fit into that? Well, it just felt like to complement what Louise was actually getting to do without a jocker or somebody in that midfield to distribute the ball, um, it seemed like it was being put on him to, to make those passes, mm-hmm. but he can't do it if there's nobody to get on the end of it. Yeah. That didn't, didn't seem to happen in that game. Um, and it did seem like he had some time and space on the ball a couple of times. And I just saw him like, make that glance and <laughs> then have to find that short pass to somebody else. Um, you would hope that you can get it into a Torreira or a Ganduzi or mm-hmm. somebody in the midfield that can move it up forward. But if you could bypass that entire yeah. group and get it up to the guys who are going to score, then, you know, you'd be at least putting... Leicester on their heels a little yeah. bit more. I mean, that, those were the two best chances, I think, in the game against Leicester were with uh, 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 Luis hitting it up to Aubameyang. Like, that, mm-hmm. those, they, I remember twice, I forget the, the minutes, but they were two, uh, two great long balls, for lack of a better word, yeah. I guess, that were the most dangerous points for Arsenal in their attack. 
Yeah, and there were there were some times when um, Bellerin was getting up the side mm. and was getting into good attacking positions, but uh, again, he looked a little bit like out of out of his normal rhythm. Um, but that's the sort of player if you have that that sort of speed. Mm-hmm. Louise is, should be seeing him and yeah. getting the ball up to him down the sideline or get, connecting with him. And whether it's Bellerin or Pepe or somebody down that side, they, that's, a, that's a great lane of attack. And we know Tierney can get up and down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Kolasinac can, get, can do the same thing. Yeah. There should be no shortage of people making runs. Yeah. And it just seems so timid that they might be getting up the sideline, but they're not able to control the ball into the box. There's yeah. just nobody making that move. Um, the only, you know, you're just not getting enough out of those wide players. You're not getting enough out of your strikers. Yeah. Is it the formation? Is it the players? Yeah. yeah. That's the question. I and mean, just getting back to the, 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 the whole uh, Jaka thing, it's... It, the question would be, is he going to play again, or does it matter if he plays again? I guess would be a, right. a, a, a kind of a refining of it. Do we want him to play again? I, you know, I, when all this stuff was happening, um, yeah, I think it was easy to say, oh, he shouldn't be captain. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, now that we're not playing, we're not uh, in as many competitions. Yeah. There's definitely better players that can be taking up those minutes. Yeah, um, and especially with a guy like Ozo, who you you need <laughs> to find a place for him yeah. somewhere. Um, you've got young guys. You've got um, Willock. You've got yeah. Pereira. You've got Kanduzi. You've got Ceballos. You've got a lot of players that can play positions and distribute the ball. Yeah, and. I just don't see it. I don't know where he goes yeah. at this point. And if you're talking about, um, does he go in January? You know, I think you've got to think that they can put that money to good use. I yeah. don't think they're going to have a lot of money to spend in January. And if you want to get reinforcements, you're probably going to have to send Jacques and at least him and somebody else to get enough funds to make that happen. I mean, the other side, side of that coin is do you think there's any buyers for Jaka right now? It doesn't look like he's a... It's not like he tore it up. <laughs> no. I think there's people that see potential in him, though, in the right system. I don't know that what Emery is doing necessarily benefits him at all. Um, yeah. But if you've seen his best, you know that he can definitely distribute the ball. He's not mm-hmm. a bad player. He just not, you know, he's not playing well for us at the moment, and that's... It's a bad situation, and I think he would probably improve with a, a change of scenery. Yeah, I mean, I think the way he interacted with the fans and the way the fans have now interacted with him, and this—it's—it's it's just not—it's a situation you can't come back with. The 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 thing I kept on thinking back to was Ubuwe, who I don't know if you remember Ubuwe if it was before your time, mm. and the way that when eventually Ubuwe could do no right, he was always the scapegoat. It didn't matter if he scored, and, and not and it's not to say he was the best player in the world or anything. Far from it. He actually, as I say, it reminds me a lot of Jaka, where he's a player with potential. But once you the fans turn on you, it is really hard to come back. Yeah, and I think that's that's something we're seeing with the coach as well. It's like even if he can pull off wins, are you willing to forgive him for all the bad things we've had to endure? <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't endear yourself by flipping off the fans. It's <laughs> right. And uh, there's, um, 
There is a point of no return. I don't know if he hit that necessarily. Yeah. I, I think he hit that as a captain. I don't know if he necessarily hit that as a player. But it's always going to be about what have you done for me lately. Mm-hmm. And he just hasn't done a lot uh, on the yeah. field to really make up for that. Yeah. It's not like I've been dreaming at night that uh, Jacques is going to come back and play for us, you know? <laughs> well, give it time because uh, it will eventually seem like a good idea when everybody on the field is playing like crap. <laughs> it's the Ozil effect, right? Like, yeah. he, uh, if you don't play for a long time, you suddenly start getting really good. So, yeah. I mean, we're going to go off script a little bit, but how do you think Ozil did last game? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know that that, that um, formation suits him any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to see him play away from home. Mm-hmm. He didn't play bad. He didn't play great. Yeah. But, you know, we've definitely seen him away from home and in bigger games uh, go missing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel that. Um, he was coming back for the ball. He was making some passes mm-hmm. that there was the, um, I think he did the little cutback, um, at the end line to set up, oh, was it Willick? I can't, it's been <laughs> too long since I watched this game yeah. clearly, but, uh, there was a couple moves in there and I was like, yeah, that if, if you could piece en- enough of those together, yeah. that's a glimmer of what you can still do yeah. and you can find a way to make a complete game. There is a lot that we're missing on this team that that could, that could fill. Um, yeah. Way more than I could say for Xhaka, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, if, it, if it's, uh, some, it's... If something has to give to get Ozo in there, um, there's definitely players that, that are not playing as well as what I saw from him. Yeah. So if, if they need to make some adjustments, I, I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't hate it, you know. <laughs> they, could do, they could do worse. Yeah, I, I, it's, it would be funny if the uh, player that saves the season for us is Ozil. <laughs> That'd be the. I would be shocked. I would be shocked, but um, give him time to really gel with the players on the field. I mean, we ha- we've not seen consistent lineups enough to say you know if if we get Ozil with a front three of Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Pepe, we mm-hmm. get a, a solid. Um, grouping of, of midfielders behind Ozil so he doesn't have to track back a lot yeah. so that he can stay up on the field and just feed those guys. If we can find a way to play stout defense mm-hmm. behind him, then all <laughs> of a sudden it makes it so much easier for him yeah. to do what he needs to do. That's a great if, though. <laughs> oh, it's a huge if. I, and that's um, maybe a next year thing. And then yeah. at that point, is it... Yeah. How long is his contract? How long do we still have Ozil for? Uh, he's at least through next year. Yeah. Um, 2021, maybe. Jeez. Um, but <laughs> I can't see two more years of yeah. him being effective, mm-hmm. being somebody that you try to force into the starting lineup. Yeah. And what is... It's so much money to be thrown at a guy that's not cracking the starting lineup. Yeah. It's already an issue, and it's going to get a, even worse. they yeah. got to find a way to do something with him not in this team. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but like, we were shopping him around all summer long, and no, there was no biters because of his wage. His wages are insane. Yeah. You, um, you can guess that somebody will eventually um, think that it's worth it to them. Yeah. Or that he's willing to compromise. I think yeah. that's what it comes down to: is when is he feeling like, oh, I, I really won't play here. 
Well, I, and I want to play. Well, I mean, it depends on if he wants to play. I mean, you look at Gareth Bale at uh, Real Madrid, where he's, he's making enough money, he just plays golf on the weekends, you know? Yeah, and that may be something he's content to do. But yeah. um, at some point, it becomes more palatable for the um, front office just to say, okay, we'll, we'll just maybe buy you out or yeah. we'll pay for a good chunk of your salary if you just go somewhere else. Yeah, because the other side of the coin, and I don't know how much of this is true because I don't think we've seen enough of it to say, but it, I've been hearing rumblings about the fact that Azul and Pepe don't play well together. At least Emery doesn't think that they can play well together. And if we've put that much money into Pepe, and Pepe is obviously looking like our future, we'll definitely uh, want to make sure that like we can play with the, the both of them. Right. I don't think you... It's hard to put a value on what Ozil can do for this team if you're unsure about the coach. Mm-hmm. Is it a Emery issue? And that, that, you know, that brings up the question, you know, could, could we see a change there? Um, you know, we're going into the busiest time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so is Unai Emery going to be let go before those busy run of games, which is starting December 22nd, so it's just around the corner? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to get through that and get another transfer window to make some changes possibly or get through the rest of this season? Well, I mean, and the crazy thing too is like the international break is always notoriously the best time to get rid of a coach because you have to, a week to prepare with the players and all that, but I think this goes back kind of similar to Jaco with the idea of, do I want him to go? I think it's time for him to go. Do I think he's going to go? I don't think he's going to go this year. I really, I, especially the noises coming out of the, the, uh, the, the front office, they seem very content with them. They have this idea of this project, and he's the architect of the project? Yeah, I think there's two... Um Two ways of thinking right now. Uh, one being uh, the office is very content with him and what they're saying is very genuine and he has 100% backing. The other side of that is um, maybe that is the kiss of death and that's exactly what you would say if you're going to let him go. Um, I think we will probably go a bit longer with him. He probably does have a few more games under his belt. And maybe just enough rope to hang himself with yeah. as far as what he does with the Europa League. I think you, mm-hmm. if he crashes out once we get out of the group stage, then I think that his days are really numbered. But yeah. you would think that, you know, I don't think mathematically the odds are in his favor as far as getting into the top four at this point. Oh, no. (laughs) So that's putting a lot of eggs into the Europa League basket. Yeah, I I heard a stat somewhere where we would have to win the last 18 out of the... or the next 18 out of our 24 games to actually qualify for the fourth place or be in the running for that. Yeah, and I'm looking at um, 538 right now. Mm -hmm. They have Arsenal at an 11% chance of qualifying for... Champions League at the moment, with Man United, Tottenham sitting ahead of them in that race. Yeah. 
Uh, Leicester yeah. sitting in the fourth spot with a 63% chance of making the top four. So, yeah. you know, we just got pushed out. I mean, Chelsea's above them at yeah. 81% of making the top four. Well, you, Chelsea, you, who's supposed to be having a down year. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at every other of those teams other than Tottenham. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> like, Leicester, Chelsea, Man U, even Man U has looked great the last couple games. They looked great the last game. Like, they could be back on the boil Leicester, we obviously know they look like a team that's real. Chelsea, for whatever reason, is has figured it out with their youth, and I don't see us cracking any of those teams. And I think Man United at least will spend money in the January window. Yeah. I don't know about Tottenham; they're probably still in a stadium uh, yeah. payment plan. Um, well, yeah. they're, they're going to try and get rid of Ericsson, I think, and they will try. Yes, if anyone has, if anyone will buy him. And then they might have some money off that. Yeah. And, I, you know, Man City and Liverpool are sitting pretty. They don't need to go out and get anybody <laughs> per se, but they probably still will get a, get somebody. Um, I don't know what Leicester's situation is if they are in the purchasing mood, but they certainly look like an attractive destination. Yeah. So uh, they could certainly pick up some players if they wanted if they, to. If they wanted to, but I don't even think Leicester needs to pick up players. You look at yeah. that squad, and it's and the other crazy thing about that Leicester squad is it's full of youth. It's full of young players, hungry, and they've got depth. Like I, yeah, I, as I say, I just find it hard to think that we can knock any of those out. The the one thing that you can say is that Chelsea is full, also full of young players, and there's always a, a danger with young players that they're going to fade out towards the end of the season. You saw that actually with the Tottenham team, what was it, a couple years ago when they were trying to win the league and they ended up getting third behind us. Uh, I think you have Leicester that has a young, younger squad and Man U, who obviously is very hot and cold. So that that is your your only hope. But I just the the other side of the coin is you're waiting on other teams to fuck up, but you have to do well too. And I just can't see it like where how does it how do we turn form yeah and and there's no you know these easy games coming up by our they're by no means any sort of guarantee that we're going to play well in those games you look at our run of form and it's yeah uh what are we one win in five yeah that's that's not inspiring confidence and in the players or in the fans um so you know emory's got a lot of work to do to turn this team around uh, and I haven't seen him do a team turnaround. Yeah. What he's, he, he got the coaching bump at the beginning of last year, and they had a great run. But after that, there was nothing to inspire the team to turn it around after that. Yeah. It, you know, once they started kind of going away from that streak, um, they progressively got worse, and it didn't seem like there was any sort of run of games where Emery was able to get more out of them. Yeah. And I don't see that has changed over the last year since that um, that streak. And uh, I don't think av- having more games coming up is going to help this team at all. I mean, you're just going to be bouncing from one, <laughs> one thing to the yeah. next. And Europa League is becoming more and more important. Yeah. So I... You know, I don't think he's going to put as much emphasis on the Premier League at some point. And and the scary thing is, is like we were looking at the two games coming up, the uh, the Southampton and the Norwich game, and like Southampton, yeah, is Southampton, but like Norwich, I know they're a bad team, but they they beat a Man City. They have a style. They lost last weekend to Watford, but or, yeah, yeah, it was Watford, and but they didn't look horrible. 
at it. And I think you have some talent. I think that's a banana peel game. I'm looking at a game and I'm seeing us losing more points. I could, I, I don't, I'm not predicting it. I'm saying I could see losing more points. But then after that, you're looking at that Christmas period. Have you seen those games in the Christmas period? They're not easy. They're, it's Chelsea. It's Man U. It's, uh-huh. it's Man City all around that December, January period. It, that is going to be crazy. And if we can't put in a performance against Leicester, how are we going to put a performance against these other teams? Yeah, I, and, I don't, you know, I don't see us catching the teams in front of us. And I think we have a real worry about the four teams that are behind us. If you're looking at Everton, Wolves, Bournemouth, Sheffield, I think ahead of us right now in the standings, um, you know, those are teams that are going to put pressure on us, put pressure on Man United. I, I think those those are teams that could pounce on our Europa League spot. Yeah. Um, I think that's at risk at this point. Um, mm. There's just a lot of players and a lot of mid, mid-level teams who are playing more ambitiously than we are. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's what the problem is with Emery is, like, He's playing just to get by, you know, yeah. like just like if his only goal is to get into Champions League. Yeah. That seems to be he's only reaching for the bare minimum. It doesn't yeah. seem like there's any ambition to say, OK, let's do second place. Let's yeah. do third place. Let's try to win the Europa League and do well in, in the Premier League and do well in yeah. the, the League Cup. And, you know, these things seem to be feeding into his um, style of just bunkering and not not going for it. You know, that that seems to be where he feels most comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, and I wouldn't even mind if it was just just trying to get in the Champions League because I know that that's something we need to get back to. But I, I don't even see him really doing anything towards that. I just, as I say, like, I just can't see a way that we do it. And I, I mean, I may be eating my words in a couple months, but I just, looking at the team we have now, looking how they're playing, can they win 18 games? Like, I, I don't know what the stats are right now, but the we haven't, we've won two in the last 10, two in the last eight, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, mm. it's really, it's, it's bad. It's bad. I don't I, need I, to pull it up. Yeah, we know I mean, it's bad. We all know it's bad. And I, I try to be a positive person and I try and like be a realistic person and I just, I can't see a way forward with that. And I've, and I, I've, I've been very, I was okay with last year. Actually, I'm probably one of the weird Arsenal fans. that was a okay with last year. Cause it was a, I felt like it was progress in a lot of ways that we sure. were very close to getting in the champions league. It was the first year for a manager. I'm always going to give a manager a year to figure it out unless it's relegation time or something like that. Yeah. But I don't see any pr- improvement. You don't see anything that gives you confidence that it's getting better. Yeah, and I, th- I really feel like if your only goal is to make the Champions League, then and and we're more than likely going to fall short of that goal. Mm-hmm. You set your goal too too short. Like it, yes. if you set your goal for winning the league, and you know you fall short of that, you're probably still going to be in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, but if you set the bar so low and you've got a, a coach who's perpetually underperforming, you should not be surprised when he doesn't quite get there because it, it's not in his style to overreach. He's yeah. just not that sort of guy. But I think the, 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 the interesting thing 
too, is if we get our, our, our dream, which doesn't look likely, but if our dream, that does sound horrible, but uh, if we get what we're hoping for, which is that uh, we fire Umar, er, Unai Emery and we get someone else, I was thinking about this actually before the podcast. Who do we get? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that are getting tossed around. There's the Allegri, there's the Elise Enrique, there's um, lots of names that have been thrown out there. Mourinho. Uh, Mourinho, even <laughs> Brendan Rodgers, if we could throw enough money at him. Do you think he would leave Leicester right now? <clears throat> Maybe not right now, <clears throat> but I could see him bailing at the end of the season. Yeah, that's true. Um, but... If we could endure through the, this season, I think the options certainly open up more, mm-hmm. especially if you start putting the word out there that the job is available. I think guys that are in positions aren't less likely to leave midseason, but if you say, okay, this is out there, if, if you get through this season, um, there might be some guys lining up for that. I think the interesting thing, though, is I think we think of Arsenal as Arsenal of three, four years ago, Arsenal in, who's in the Champions League, Arsenal who has that history. I think... We're getting to the point where the job isn't as attractive anymore. It's actually very similar to Man United, where the job, we're not playing Champions League. We're not vying for titles. I, I think it's, I think Unai Emery is actually about the level of the coach we can attract. I think a lot of coaches will look at it and be like, why should I go to Arsenal? Yeah, I think money's going to be the factor for that. And if you don't have Champions League money, yeah. somebody's going to have to open up their pocketbooks, and that's not <laughs> likely to happen. So, and you know, Stan Concrete's known for opening his pocketbook. Right. And, you know, I think not making the Champions League, um, and if they fall short of Europa League, then the money has to be put out there. I think yeah. at that point you have to find a way to attract better players, better coaches, and usually that requires money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see if that that comes to fruition. I don't know that that's... Uh, I, I, we will see if Emery makes it through this season. There's the, always the the Umbergs yeah. that, that could fill in and maybe impress. He's, that, he's the name I put on there, and I don't think it's any... It's not a good idea. I think it would be very similar <laughs> to the show style. It's just that Eubenberg was like my favorite player when I was yeah. first started playing for Arsenal. I do have the Sounders connection with Eubenberg. Like I, I, I would love to see him do well. I think he would be very similar to Solskjaer at a Man United, which is he's the heart choice, but he's not necessarily the smart choice. I think it would be great to. No matter who it is, it would be great to get that coaching bump and mm-hmm. get a strong finish to this season. But if you're only looking to fill in for half a season, maybe it should be a guy who doesn't have experience. Because then you can say, okay, well, it didn't work out, but you still have a whole career in front of you, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, whereas most guys that are of a pedigree are not going to want to come in for just half a season. Yeah. So. If you want to get that sort of scenario where you can get a half a season of maybe better play without burning a bridge or, you know, yeah, um, maybe it's better to burn a bridge that doesn't have as much value. Yeah. Um, but it would be unfortunate just due to his connections to, to, to the team. And, you know, I'm sure the fans would be conflicted about how to treat that situation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're getting thrown into the lion's den because <laughs> there's not going to be a ton of... Uh, Patience, yeah. or even a new any new coach. Yeah, and and that's an, another side of the getting rid of Emery 
is can we afford to get rid of Emery? I, like, I've heard estimates that it's going to be about like 10 million pounds. I don't know what that is in dollar bills, but uh, it's a, a decent amount of money to get rid of him and his coaching staff. And mm-hmm. we knew it was tight in the summer and we spent in the summer. We did. We spent for Pepe. We, we made some signings. I don't know how if we have $10 million squish room right now right. or $10 million pounds. Yeah, and I don't know um, if it's worth not getting new players or, you know, the sacrifices that would have to be made to swap coaches. Mm-hmm. There would have to be a significant return on investment, and I'm sure that's what's holding things back right now is, yeah. is they crunch the numbers. Um, if you are short on money, then throwing away a coach that could potentially still get you what you want to get. Yeah. Um, I think they will wait and see for now until that becomes uh, more financially viable where they can get Mm -hmm. rid of him and and not have to pay out or get into a position where they see an instant return on investment by doing so where... You know, getting a half season out of a good coach may not get you where you want to go. So, the yeah. money you would have put into doing that, you know, it, it's not worthwhile for the short term. You want to think longer term, then it's probably better to wait till the off season. Yeah. So, in your to, to kind of wrap around this question, in your ideal world, what would you do with this situation? Um, I'm not ready to get rid of him just yet. It's painful, but I think there's still things that the players can do. I think like there is more to get out of this team. Um, we haven't, I, you know, we may never see the true lineup that we want to see with, yeah. you know, Tierney and Bellerin and Pepe and Ozil and maybe Ozil. I don't know, yeah. but you know, the true starting 11 that, that a lot of people have been clamoring for, has not seen the field at the same time yet. I mean, yeah. through one player or another, we've seen patchwork teams. And I'm not saying, like, all of a sudden it's going to click, but it would be nice to see a run of games with the same guys. Yeah. And I don't know that. I don't think that's beyond memory to do. Yeah, It's not common, but <laughs> it's possible if he could find something that works yeah. and keep working on it. That would be nice to see. And I don't think that's beyond him. Um but because of the nature of the festive season, there's going to be tons of squad rotation. Yeah. So we, we might, <laughs> he might not get the opportunity whether he likes it or not. I'm frightened of that festive season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, yeah, I mean, that's the hard thing for me is, like, it's not great right now, but it can get worse is my, my absolute fear, actually. Like, sure. You bring in someone like you, you fire Unai Emery. We don't bring anyone new into the... Uh, in the uh, mid-season transfer window because we don't have the money to. We put in a Freddie or someone who's willing to be a half-year coach, and they do worse than Unai, like, which sounds like it would be crazy, but it can happen. Sure. Yeah, there's no guarantee you get that bump um, yeah. from a new coach. Um, and I, it's hard to gauge where the players stand on Emery. Uh, mm-hmm. It can also be a blow if you lose a coach yeah. that you actually like. Um, outwardly, it seems like they're okay with him. Yeah. But you also hear other other rumors that some players are not. What are your w- wicked whispers? <laughs> <laughs> well, just you know, there's the the things that players are kind of talking behind his back and making mm-hmm. fun of him and those sorts of things. And that might be young players or players that are just you know on the wrong side of um, not getting the playing time that they want. They have other reasons for yeah. acting like that. Um, 
but you know we'll have to wait and see what um, what he can get out of this team in uh, the next few weeks because I think he's at least got uh, probably through de- through the, through December to figure this out. Yeah, I mean, I, I I if I were a betting man, I'd bet that he's through the season. I just think it's unless things go horribly wrong and it's like the Chelsea of a few years back where we end up in the relegation zone. I just can't see us firing him. Yeah, I'm going to definitely keep an eye on that uh, projected uh, relegation percentage. We're at 2% right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can see that getting up as high as 10% if you yeah. can't get your get your act together. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's, uh, you know, one thing. We, we kind of danced around it, but do you think, is it, is it realistic for Arsenal to be in the top four this year, with or without Emery? I, I genuinely don't think it's possible. I would bet hard money, and I'm not a betting person. I, I, I just, as we were talking about earlier, I just it would take such a confluence of events. It would be taking at least three teams, maybe four if Spurs suddenly get their act together, doing badly and us doing well, and I don't see either of those things happening. I just I cannot see a top four in us at all. Where, where do you? Where do you predict? Are, are we a, are we another Europa League team? I think we're gonna get Europa. I think it's gonna be a struggle. And like, if we look at the teams in and around us, I mean, it is what it's Sheffield uh, knocking on our door right now. Who who is uh, Sheffield's above us? I believe. Yeah. Let me see here. Let me, it's yeah, yeah. So we we have Sheffield. I mean, they're newly promoted. I can't. Im- I can see it, but I don't think they'll they'll hold that up. But Wolves, like, I they're a really quality team. I think there is a definite possibility if Man U actually starts putting together some form, which they just got back uh, Martial, who's just key for their team. He's I think it's going to be difficult to into Europa. I think if we reevaluate our goals, I think that's our goal right now. That's what we're fighting yeah. for. Um, I, I I cannot see us getting into uh, the top four. Yeah, it would it, it it's going to take one of those teams significantly falling apart. And yeah. I don't see that happening. Like I said, it, there's too many opportunities for them to get better. I mean, yeah. we've got uh, Chelsea six games on beam. Yeah, um, I know. I mean, you're, you're looking at the six, form of six wins. That's yeah. Uh, and then you know we're t- it, even if they can't get. Somebody in the transfer window. I they've got enough youth. They've got yeah. they've got the pieces. So I don't see them falling apart. Uh, I don't see Man City. I don't see Liverpool. Leicester's you know the, hard the to gauge, with, but it, they 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 looked good, and I I don't see them dropping that much. Because the, the knock you can say about uh, Leicester's it's Brendan Rodgers, and we all know that he can bottle. He does fall apart sometimes. But I think his time in in Scotland has definitely shown that he can hold the championship. He had like the three peat go or the, not the three peat the uh, the triple going. Uh-huh. He's he won three years in a row. Like it's I I I can see them holding it together. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Chelsea in the transfer window. I actually haven't noticed if their appeal got through. I, I haven't heard anything on that yet. I don't so they won't they won't have reinforcements, but their team looks strong, and it, the the youth is coming through for them so far. So and City's fourth, which we all know what City can do. Yeah, they're 
they will make a run for first. I don't think they're out of it by yeah. any means. And as I say, Sheffield is a, a wild card. I can I can see Sheffield definitely falling apart because they're a newly promoted team. But I can also see them doing well. They were great in the championship, and they're they've they've come in playing what made them good in the championship. So they're dangerous. Man U, I I mean I personally don't believe in Schulshire, but we'll see. They they as I said, they got Marcel back, and Wolves Wolves has a good team they have really good players that i think are really under the radar i think they have a good coach and i think they looking how they've been doing in the the uh, europa league i i i i have i i have a hard time seeing us yeah i'm just looking at the form <laughs> don't look at the form don't table. look at the form <laughs> don't look at the form, form is bad uh you know at least we're ahead of Tottenham in the form table. Yeah, <laughs> um, just barely. Um, but yeah, you know we're we're at the bottom looking up quite a bit. There's a lot of teams playing a lot better than us, yeah. and you've got Chelsea, Liverpool, and Leicester right up there at the top, and yes, and the Wolves. You know, like there's there are teams that you would not uh, have expected to be in this run of form and and in the standings, and uh, I I think we have to worry about the the. Teams behind us as much, if not more, mm-hmm. than the the teams ahead of us, right? And now. and I've been giving a short shrift to uh, to Bournemouth. Like, I, yeah, they're Bournemouth, but like they have a good solid team with a good solid coach who gets them results. I mean, we have a lot to look behind us. We, we're looking behind us more than we're looking at us. Yes, yeah. would be my short answer to that. The original question of what do you think about top four? Yeah. <laughs> to be like, can we make top eight? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that uh, that covers our big three questions of this week. Um, you know, we've got uh, till the 23rd uh, before we have another game. Mm-hmm. So we're at this point just hoping that nobody gets injured on international duty as usual. Um, it's... Let's just see if we can get through this next period of games and uh, pull out a win against Southampton because I think a win is going to do wonders for this team at this point. I mean, not to... I, I think it is a very winnable game against Southampton. They've they Even though they're not the bottom team, they've looked the worst team in the league. They got booed off their home pitch. Like I, I think it's not funny to say because this is, would be a game that we normally would not even uh, think about, but it's it's kind of a must-win for us. Yeah, and then uh, going right into uh, Europa League game uh, against uh, Frankfurt yeah. on the 28th. So, you know... And so that that's not going to be an easy game, and we still need points in the, the Europa League. Yeah. Um, so it, every game is important at this point, uh, and as we've seen, nothing is a... A given so yep. uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can put together um, that should just about do it for us this first episode uh, thank you for listening we've enjoyed doing this for our first time around um, if you want to add to our questions for next episode you can uh, email us it's westofnorthlondon at gmail.com and uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter. It's W of N London, or at W of N London is what it should say. Um, so you can also just send us your questions that way. Uh, 
send us your comments. I know it's, it's asking for trouble, but, you know, <laughs> we can improve. We will get better. Um, and we'd love to talk about the things you want to hear about. So uh, feel free to let us know what's on your mind with Arsenal. And uh, until next time, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, see you next time. See you next time. Bye.